Hey team, it's Mickey here, and you are listening to Wikipedia Minutes. Mini Wikipedia. Something like that. Monday's Mini Wikipedia. There you go. So, uh, as I said uh, late last year, I was hoping to bring to you in January an additional episode each week that is a little bit shorter, more, I suppose, nutrition focused. Predominantly me talking through a question that I get from many of my followers or a an idea that's on my mind, potentially a short conversation with someone else, but it's an opportunity to just share a bit more information over the audio waves. Sound waves, that's what we call them, eh? And hopefully you'll find it interesting and uh, inspiring, obviously. So before we crack on into this week's topic, which is about bone healing, I'd just like to remind you that the best way to support this podcast, Wikipedia, is to subscribe on the podcast platform that you listen to your podcasts on. There are so many podcasts out there that this is a really good way to garner attention and gain more exposure so more people can get the information that guests that I have on the Wednesday podcast share with us, but also stuff that I will be sharing on mini Wikipedia Mondays. So um, that'll be awesome. Thanks, team. All right, bone healing, this week's conversation, because if you have missed it, which I know some people have, no problem, I, uh, on New Year's Day, we were running up Crater Lake or up and around the Northern Circuit in Ruapehu, down in sort of central uh, plateau of the North Island, and we begun our run, we set our alarm for 2.45am, got up, did a bit of night running because we were going to do the entire circuit as part of our Tarawera 102 training and ended up on the top of Crater Lakes to see the sunrise and to toast in the new year, 2023. About two minutes later, as I was putting my pack back on, I slid on some of the loose rock that is up in that area, slammed down on my left hand, my left leg and subsequently broke my fibula. Unbeknownst to me though, I just thought it was a strange, it felt a bit strange, the uh, the muscle or whatever. So we made the decision that I would walk on my poles out the Tongariro crossing and Barry Hubster would continue on the run because in the end of the day, at the end of the day, actually, there was only 20 minutes difference between when we saw each other again, again because it did take about five hours to walk out. So... That means that I am obviously with a broken fibula waving goodbye to the Tarawera Ultra and any running for a couple of months as I turn my attention to healing. So this is what I'm talking about today and I have written a very extensive blog post for you if you are interested in any of the links or the sort of evidence base for the things that I'm talking about or the supplements that I am taking or what you might want to take, then absolutely go to the blog post that we will link to in the show notes. Where possible, I have based what I'm doing on human clinical trials, but where that is not possible, there are preclinical and or mechanistic trials, which I am using to sort of base my decisions around. And also advice from many practitioners, which I have spoken to, um, really good friends of mine, Katie Boyd from the Boyd Clinic, uh, Emma Steele, who is Hobsonville physio, she's been amazing, 
also Matthew Stewart, um, a really old, old friend. <laughs> He's not that old, but we've been friends for many years, uh, running Osteo. Uh, Anastasia Boulay, who is a an incredibly smart doctor, also have been friends for many years. Just been, I'm so lucky to have this pool of um, super talented individuals at my disposal to um, to get their opinion from. So. Firstly, of course, nutrition and supplements. First, calories. So we need calories to fuel the healing. And with any trauma, our basal metabolic rate, which is the caloric requirement to blink, breathe, and just be, it is our baseline calories, um, it will increase in response to the repairing and rebuild after a slight decrease in expenditure in the hours post-injury. So over time, whilst injured and healing, we increase our BMR by about 20 to 25%. In addition, serum levels, so blood levels of nutrients will decline as they are used in the healing process. And I've got a link to a paper um, which does a really good debrief within that blog post. So look, this is a bit of a challenge for a lot of people. And Oh, that's not true for some people. And and I would absolutely be in that camp. And I have to make sure that I'm not restricting too much because I'm suddenly doing 10 hours less exercise a week. Whilst, you know, appetite for a lot of people will naturally decrease in addition. And my attention has to be towards getting mostly really good foods to support a nutrient-dense diet and to not restrict too much. So now is not the time for a 1200 calorie diet because my sort of deliberate or my structured energy expenditure through exercise has gone down. And one of the biggest hurdles to recovery is the lack of calories. And the second is being quality calories. So understand, understanding that does go a long way to coming back stronger and in a really good position to build up once the bone has healed. And I am a person who naturally and really easily restricts because it is how I have spent many years of my life. And I would say for most of my 30s. So, you know, staying on top of this is really key and staying on top of my calories and nutrition is really key. And for me, tracking allows me to do this. And it's a prompt to eat more, not to restrict. And that is one of the benefits of being able to track calories. And so um, I often feel like there's a lot of backlash against tracking calories as a way to restrict when people don't look at the flip side for someone who is potentially in a similar position. So protein is also key. Our bones are 30% protein. Low protein intake is associated with poor bone health. We need the substrate that creates bone. And there are associations between high and low protein intakes and bone mineral density. So I never have a problem with getting in enough protein. And it is absolutely one of, you know, I, I sort of naturally veer towards higher protein foods. And right now I'm, I am ensuring I'm getting at least three grams per kg body weight of protein. Now that is a lot. And it does include collagen, which is low in the essential amino acids, but contains the glycine, proline, and hydroxyproline amino acids that are key to our musculoskeletal health. I again I'm tracking using an app right now so I'm really doubling down on it and I've added in an extra protein and collagen smoothie mid-afternoon that I might not normally have because it's an easy way to get in those nutrients and I really like it. So this gives not only those macronutrients but it also gives additional calcium too 
and I do go between either the Balanced Whey Protein or the New Zest Clean Lean Protein. Along with eggs, meat, chicken and fish, I am right now also including two to three serves of protein powder. I've also got uh, cottage cheese and yogurt in there as well because I tolerate dairy well. And it is completely safe to consume this amount of protein and it will not ruin your kidneys. There is a link in the blog post uh, that a, met, a, a mo most recent meta-analysis that sort of uh, confirms that. Now, you know that I am a, a big fan of the New Zest Good Green Vitality and I'm taking that daily uh, with some essential amino acids alongside. So the GGV contains adaptogenic herbs which support central nervous system activity. That is important for lowering stress hormones. Uh, that is, so from a bone perspective, getting cortisol under control is key. This is a dietary standard for me which I take daily. It is also a good spectrum multivitamin. I take the Currens supplement and MitoQ. Both help with reducing oxidative stress and inflammation, which are important for bone health and metabolism. Creatine, basically a super supplement. And I have talked to, Gap, to Darren Kando uh, about this on the podcast before. Uh, and I can we can absolutely link to that episode in the show notes for today. It helps improve recovery may have antioxidant and anti-inflammatory benefits, may reduce bone breakdown. A most recent line of research is looking at bone metabolism and suggests that it can influence bone modelling by increasing osteoblast cell activity and indirectly through increasing muscle mass in the pull of the muscles on the bone, thus increasing that homeostatic stress on the bone, which is a really good thing. This is in the presence of resistance training, however. Any creatine monohydrate is a good supplement choice and is recommended. So doesn't matter what type or what brand, if it's 100% creatine monohydrate, you are sorted because that's where most of the evidence base has been developed from. Silicon helps improve bone matrix quality and helps increase bone density and mineralization. And it works potentially at that initiation phase of bone building, which is where I'm at. It is recommended as a supplement for people also with osteoporosis and is often found in supplements specifically to support bone health. While bioavailability has been an issue that is raised, there are many supplements that have a bioavailable form of silica that can be absorbed. For what it's worth, beer is a source of, of bioavailable silica um, and you know that I love to find any research that supports my craft beer habit. Boron is another trace element that actually has some pretty interesting physiological properties, including wound healing and bone regeneration. And it's found in a multivitamin supplement for joint and bone uh, that, um, that you can find, and it's in the one that I'm taking. And it's also in the collagen supplement that I have been using, Puraz, which is the brand. Vitamins D and K are fat-soluble vitamins that are essential to bone. I take a Michael's naturopathic version. This has 5,000 international units of vitamin D in it, and it has K alongside. And that's needed as a cofactor in the production of proteins that aid in bone health, such as osteocalcin. And vitamin D promotes the production of these proteins also, so it's really integrated. Vitamin D also increases the absorption of dietary calcium. 
I take magnesium nightly around 300 milligrams and this mineral is involved in over 250 cellular pathways. It's a cofactor in bone metabolism. While its role in bone health is well understood, there doesn't appear to be a lot of studies looking at its role in fracture healing. However, this there is one study linked in the blog post which when administered post-trauma for nine days increased calcium and magnesium levels in the blood and had reduced inflammatory markers. And if you recall, earlier I said that serum or blood levels of nutrients are depleted in people with bone fractures. So this can help maintain those nutrients. I'm also taking vitamin C, which acts as an antioxidant. I'm taking bovine colostrum and this has been compared against traditional osteoporosis meds in order to see its effectiveness at improving bone mineral content and bone metabolism, and it appears to exert a positive influence. If nothing else, it certainly isn't harmful, and therefore it could be worth investigating. I have linked to the one that I'm taking in the blog post. Obviously, a good intake of fruit and vegetable is important as they contain antioxidants and phytochemicals that help dampen inflammation and scavenge free radicals that impact on oxidative stress levels. In addition, the antioxidant quercetin, which is present in produce, highest amount in onion skin actually, to be fair, not having a lot of that, but I'm also having it in a supplement from Thorn called Thorn Resveratrol, contains the, the quercetin. Safe to take, no harm in doing so. Lysine is an amino acid which helps bone metabolism by increasing both calcium absorption from the gut and collagen synthesis. Lysine can be found really easily in our food sources, meat, fish, eggs, cheese, uh, but is also a cheap supplement to take. I'm happy to take it. Uh, I've linked to the one I'm taking, which also contains zinc, which is essential for bone metabolism. Insufficient intake negatively impacts on bone quality and zinc supplementation promotes the activity of cells that are involved in bone regeneration and mineralization. A couple of the supplements actually I'm taking uh, contains the zinc. Uh, one from Neutralife also contains chondroitin and glucosamine, which has been widely studied and recommended for osteoarthritis. A lot of people clinically that I see really benefit from taking this. There is preclinical research to suggest it could also be beneficial for bone and, given I have it at home already, I've added it to my daily supplements. Lastly, collagen can help bone metabolism potentially. Preclinical trials show that type 2 collagen fibres improve bone mineral density. It is the underlying structure of our musculoskeletal tissue and is often recommended for gut, skin, bone, muscle and ligament health. I am using preferentially the Pureas brand. It does have boron in it as well. And um, did pick up a vital protein collagen whilst waiting for my order of Pureas to be delivered. Now, I've written about the injury protocol for collagen uh, that I am following on another blog and whether or not collagen is worth the hype. So I've written a couple of times on collagen. So if interested, absolutely uh, check out those blog posts linked in the blog post that this is coming from. Most recent actually preclinical trial has found that bone loss was reduced with the administration of collagen in a mice model of menopausal levels of estrogen. So that's really interesting also.
So that really wraps up sort of the nutritional and supplemental approach that I am taking. Now just really briefly on lifestyle and mindset. Importantly, reducing stress and cortisol levels is key to bone metabolism. Elevated cortisol and inflammation that is unresolved impacts negatively on bone health. So we need to ensure that you can get cortisol low as much as possible. Sleep is our biggest recovery tool and at this stage it is unknown the direct cause of why a short sleep duration is linked to lower bone density and bone health. However, growth hormone is involved in bone metabolism and is essential to bone. Most of that is released when we sleep. Though the older we get, the less this will be involved as levels decline as we age. And I am 45. Lower overall cortisol and sympathetic nervous system activation may also be involved and with it, what is termed complex interactions for overall hormone physiology. The flow-on effect to feeling more fatigued and doing less physical activity when we sleep less may also play a role. Needless to say, I am prioritising sleep right now. However, of course I'm not perfect, because who is? And the last couple of nights, or the first couple of nights, were definitely less painful. Day 13, as it stands right now, um, a whole lot better, which I'm so pleased about. There is a great debrief on sleep and bone health and I've linked that in the blog post that this is coming from. Sauna is something I'm a good, definitely a fan of and I was happy to hear that sauna sessions are related to improved bone mineral density in a human clinical trial over the course of several weeks. Sauna helps activate the production of heat shock proteins which attach to the degraded proteins preventing their aggregation and help the deliver, delivery of proteins involved in repair. Other research suggests that heat shock proteins could help with bone regeneration. While I don't doubt that infrared has its own special properties, there is a study I've linked to which implements a dry sauna protocol, finding that after 12 sessions of 10 minutes at 100 degrees Celsius, there was an improvement in bone mineral density seen in the group that underwent that protocol compared to a control group. That's quite hot. And generally speaking, I'd be lucky to find that in a public sauna or in the one on the sauna in my gym. However, I did note this week that the one in my gym was actually around 100 degrees. So, hey, I'm all in for that. Cold water immersion. You guys know I love that. Actually really hard to do right now in Auckland in these normal conditions. Cold water doesn't get cold enough in the shower and the ocean is like two degrees warmer than normal. So I suppose this is just another reason to get a freezer and fill it up with water the way that I know loads of people do. Uh, this preclinical trial found a positive impact of cold water immersion on bone markers and there is an observational study revealing lower bone turnover markers for people who typically do cold water immersion. So um, I've linked to those studies in this blog post. That's a, a work in progress for me. I'm really hoping 2023 for me is the year of the freezer. Strength training, key to any training training program, you know I love that, definitely continuing to do this, not in a way that will give me shoulder or upper body injuries of course because that would not be ideal. I'm doing some upper body work and lower body on the left hand side is obviously out, though I can do some right leg single sided um, work as long as I maintain stability without relying on my left side. So think sort of seated leg um, press, uh, one-legged deadlifts where I'm able to, to sort of maintain my stability holding on, uh, things like that. I am doing left leg glute 
work that doesn't load up that leg. So think clams, think um, sort of leg lifts, uh, things like that to sort of go alongside that right-legged work that I'm doing. So I'm feeling really good about that, actually. And I'm lifting heavy uh, to stimulate a load that is helpful for bone and muscle and promote the release of anabolic hormones that aid in bone health. Swimming and using the ski erg. Uh, I've used the ski erg from a seated position a few times earlier on, uh, but now I've progressed to doing it standing, but not crunching my body in a ball the way that you would typically do on a ski erg, but just from a standing position, sort of bringing in the laps. I do get a little bit of a cardio, um, obviously cardiovascular response, certainly compared to say just doing nothing, uh, but it's certainly nothing like running. Swimming is definitely better actually, but it's nice to do something from a head perspective. 20 to 25 minutes, nothing massive, um, zone one to zone two response. And it's just good to sort of put it in. It's a good way to warm up the upper body, to be fair, before I do my upper body strength workout. In the pool, I'm doing a pool boy while I swim. Nothing massive, 26 minutes for a K, <laughs> 52 minutes for 2K, um, my usual. But, you know, both of these are really good for my head really good for blood flow and moving nutrients around the body, removing those waste products, which are all really important for healing. I have heard of others who have had similar injuries doing things like using the bike or rowing machine. At this point in time, there's no way I can see that I could do that, potentially after this initial six-week period. I am using a Neurocore machine for microcurrent electrical stimulus. There is evidence preclinically um, speaking, that this increase in blood flow can help healing from a bone fracture. And my mate, Dr. Cliff Harvey, has written a great article, which I've linked to in this blog post that I'm reading from. And I'm doing this multiple times per day in about 20 minute sessions. I am still enjoying a drink or two. And I would say that this is medicinal, but actually it's more than that. One, a small drink actually will help uh, uh, relax and unwind reducing cortisol. Uh, but hey, I have a naturally restrictive personality. And in the past, I've spent many years avoiding things like alcohol for the calories or similar that it adds to the diet. Now, this isn't for everyone I know. However, if I were to stop all of the things that I enjoy doing, such as a wine, a craft beer, then I think the overall negative impact on restricting it would offset any benefits from abstaining for me. It's just a rabbit hole that I don't need to go down again to in my mid-40s after spending a good few years getting myself into a really good space in and around um, calories, energy, alcohol, and not that severely restricted space that, um, that I was in in my 30s, uh, which, hey, that might be the reason why I've got a bone fracture right now, and I actually have to deal with that looking at a DEXA scan on the 25th of January um, to see what the guts is. And, but like my good friend Anastasia said, I just, you know, there's nothing I can do about it now. So to sort of lament, ruminate and beat myself up over it is actually not going to be that helpful. Anyway, so alcohol, yes, it's a nutritional sort of component, but for me more, it's about the mindset and it's related to my lifestyle. So it's in this section. That's why I'm mentioning it here. And mindset. This is huge. As any athlete knows, breaking a bone can be devastating. The pain is raw and it can last for weeks and it can just eat away at you. 
breaking the fibula means that I cannot walk, run or move freely and that could be so hard. It particularly as I was at the pinnacle of my fitness when it happened. And I was, you know, doing some really, had my successful marathon campaign, some excellent long, slow hikes and runs for the Tarawera. And now that is off the table, as is the Milford track run that we've organized to do in the second week of January, about to embark on that. Well, I'm not, but my mates are. And I do feel FOMO for it, actually, because that is the thing that I love the most. However, my mindset is strangely okay. And I'm not just saying that. And I do think that the mindset work that I have talked about in the past, the stuff that I'm doing in my business that addresses mindset as a an entrepreneur, going it out on a on my own, essentially, and, and being successful in that space, it has all helped me. The exposure to that mindset material on an almost daily basis has really helped in this space. And I think I underestimated how transferable that work um, is to all areas of my life. So I quickly, I suppose, shifted that pity party to an action plan. And every day that passes um, is another day that I've done multiple things to aid in my bone recovery. So Tarawera, which is happening in about a month's time, is off the calendar. The next event I'm interested in is around the seven months away. That's a GC double, actually. However, that's ages, and I don't feel any urgency, and I think that really helps. So I think that's a reason why I'm feeling more relaxed than I could be. I don't doubt that I will have my moments, because who doesn't as an athlete, right? So I'm not under the illusion that I'm totally sweet with this. And I know that. However, I am doing what I can in my power to get me back there as quickly as possible. So I am both realistic and optimistic. Losing fitness is always hard, but it was always going to happen. So um, regardless of whether it is at the end of a successful event and you'd have some downtime or for whatever reason, you just cannot maintain a high level of fitness year round for most people because something has to give. So and how we are you know, on the bright side, I could have, instead of trying desperately to hold on to it post an event and feeling sluggish and awful as it often happens, it is sliding away quietly without me even really noticing right now, other than the fact that of course I know I'm not fit. Well, my Garmin's telling me that anyway. Uh, So only when I get back to running will I then turn my attention to getting fit again. And I will just look at that as a really great opportunity to get back up there. So that's quite exciting actually, particularly in light of where my running has been at um, last year, which has been great. Anyway, so that is what I'm doing. Any comments or questions, please feel free to send them in. Hit me up on social um, about this, whether or not you enjoyed this sort of mini Wikipedia Monday. Um, I quite enjoy doing it. So we'll just see how it goes, right? But this is my intention. In fact, my intention, my word for 2023 in uh, the Movement Maestros Mafia group, of which I am uh, a part of, is to move. That, I mean, obviously physical movement is a big thing for me. Um, so partly I wonder whether I chose that word for that, but also to move on other things, like things in my business, things in my life, things that I put off and I don't do for whatever reason. 2023 is the year that I move. And part of that is bringing this little Monday episode. So yeah, thanks for listening. All right, team, have a great week. You can find me over on Facebook at Mickey Willardin Nutrition over on Instagram and Twitter 
at Mickey Willardin. Head to my website, mickeywillardin.com and sign up to a plan, book a consultation. That's where you'll find me. All right, team. See you soon.